AFC North has the Ravens leading at six and two, and the other three teams at four and three. Right now, we are last in the division because we haven't had an AFC win. Out of the four and three teams, who do you think the best four and three team is in our division? Come on now. It's got to be us. <laughs> it's going to be us. Man, there's a lot of noise. A lot of noise. <laughs> I do podcasts with guys that said as, as early as last Friday that the Steelers are going to win a division. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let them let them crown themselves in September and October for now. But we know that the real season has started now. And like I said before, it's going to be us. I got a guy who did our intro said before the season we were going to finish last in the division. Said it again last week. Yep. Yep. Last we're going to be last in the division. That's some of his terrible work. Now enjoy some of his good work. Yeah, Mod is my dude, but he got to stick to that music. It's a lot better than his take on uh, AFC North. So let's get into it. You're listening to Running Through the Jungle. I'm your host, Brandon Harriet, with your hosts, Justin Lacey and Tim Lyons. What's up, fellas? Hey, what's up? What's up? Good timing out here. We're doing pretty good so far. So we got two of the three of us in Ohio right now. I'm actually uh, visiting my mom's up in uh, Lima, Ohio, so... Back in Ohio for 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 a couple of days anyway, a couple of days, but uh, before I head out to Michigan to go watch some football, it's cold. Getting that time of year, AFC North football. Um, I, I'm still riding high from last week. Uh, Bengals look great. Took care of business for the 49ers, but. Can't sit and, and relish it. You got to get on to the next one, especially when you got Sunday night football coming to the Queen City and playing the Buffalo Bills. Can't wait. This was uh, this is one. This is one I thought we had in the bag last year before tragedy struck. One that we went to their place. Um, I didn't think we should have had to, but we took care of business in the playoffs last year. Um, so I'm really excited about making this a not rivalry. I just want to keep beating them. I don't want to – we can have our rivalry with the Chiefs. I don't want a third party in it. Done mm-hmm. with that. But before we get into the preview for the uh, the Bills game, I want to touch real quick because not only did Halloween come and go uh, on Tuesday, but so did the trade deadline. So my question to you guys, with the trade deadline, 
Did you have a disappointment with us standing pat? Did you think we did the right thing? Um, are you concerned about anything else that happened? Or, or what, what were your thoughts overall on the trade deadline, especially with the Cincinnati team? Yeah, so I personally didn't have a problem with the Bengals standing pat. I mean, I know there was a lot of buzz that around the fan base talking about we should go out there and get a tight end. I would have loved to have saw that too. You know, after the seeing Irv Smith Jr. just not be as productive again, even on one of our better days that the offense have had all season, it is just still scream loudly that yeah, the tight end room is still one of the weakest team, weakest position groups of the team. And yeah, you would have loved to have saw a move, but at the end of the day. I don't really think that I was impressed overall with any of the moves that everybody else made. I felt like that the Chase Young trade that the 49ers made was kind of out of desperation. I don't think that their defense is bad. I understand that there might be a little bit of issues with them stopping the run and Nick Bosa getting his sacks like he usually does and the other stuff like that. But, man, up and down that defensive line, they never needed Chase Young. But – he was on sale for cheap. And quite frankly, that's what the NFC West teams do, especially the 49ers and the Seahawks. And when the Rams were winning at a high level, they were doing the same things too. So I'm not really impressed with that move at all. I think that the Seattle, and I also think that that was um, a response to the trade that Seattle made when they got the boy Leonard Williams for the New York Giants, because he was the one that got traded to Seattle first after the game. So I'm not really all too upset about it. I did see that Buffalo did went out there and got a cornerback, Russell Douglas. That, that was pretty cool for him. But they need a cornerback, like bad, because yeah. they lost to Tredavious White a few weeks ago. And I don't think that they're going to rely on the performances of Christian Benford. And I think he's been doing okay with them. But they haven't been very strong with that group. So they actually needed to make a move. At, and quite frankly, I just, I'm just not – I'm just not hard pressed that we didn't make a move. I'm I'm okay with what the Bengals did, and I did like the sneaky move that they made today and elevated Tanner Hudson to the active roster because he's earned it. So, if anything, I'm happy with that that they did that as a follow up to the trade deadline. Hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. Tim, what are your thoughts on that? The Seattle trade was great for them. They needed somebody up in the middle. You know, that was a great trade for them. Just like uh, Justin just said, that that Chase Young trade didn't make no sense really, um, but I guess they want something to improve their their defensive line more. Um, the trade the Bears made for Montez Sweat, oh, they I don't know, I don't understand that at all. You I don't know, get the it. season, don't get the it. season, the season that they're having right now that that'll make no damn sense to me. It's, but hey, you know what I, I'm gonna this is what that trade tells me. That trade tells me nothing about this year. It tells me what they're going to do in the draft next year. Yeah. So I think they're going. To, you're going to see the the Bears go heavy offense next year in the draft because they're going to have two of the top five picks because they got right. them and Carolina. Mm -hmm. You're right. Yeah, and, and I understand that. You know, I get that, but it just kind of didn't make any sense to me right right now. Um, Bengals wise. You know, I wasn't surprised. You know, it, that's the Bengals' way. We don't usually make any trades. You know, it's not something that we normally do. Um, <clears throat> like I've been saying in our last podcast or our last uh, show we did, you know, I, I'd cut Irv Jr. today. Irv, Irv Jr. would be gone and bring up Tanner Hudson. They brought up Tanner Hudson, which I'm, I'm ecstatic about because I think that kid's got 
you know, I think he's got what we need. He is that big body blocker who can actually catch passes and fight for those extra yards when we need him to. Um, yeah, our our uh, tight end room is a little weak. But was I surprised? No, I wasn't. I wasn't surprised at all. But I was very happy to see Tanner Hudson got promoted today. It was very exciting for me. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I agree with both of you. Uh, Tanner Hudson, listen, I don't think we need to have a great – the way this the offense is set up, um, I don't think we need to have a great tight end. We didn't have a great tight end last year. and Everybody clamoring to uh, um, bring him back. Um, oh, what's his name? Hayden Hurst. Hayden, Hayden Hurst. Hurst. Uh, clamoring to bring Hayden Hurst back. He didn't even have 500 yards receiving last year. Right. You know what I mean, it wasn't like he was a world breaker. What we need from that position is you're not going to be called on a lot, but when you're called on, catch the ball. Yep. And when you catch the ball, try to get a couple extra yards. Mm-hmm. Other than that, make a nice inline block, you know, yeah. like, here and there, trap, whatever. So it's not – we don't we don't need – and I think that was part of their reasoning, I think, in analyzing it and me complaining about not taking Michael Mayer. I think part of the reason why they probably didn't do that is because they don't value that position for a first-round pick. Right. So the more I think of it, the more I get it. The other thing is – and I know there was talk about – um, maybe a running back or, you know, a third down back, maybe go back and get P Ryan again. There's a lot of, of retread talks I heard out there. Uh, you're and, right. And I, I, I didn't like it either. Um, I didn't like that either. But, but my thing is this, when you start talking, like you, you have a really great team. Like I get going for the home run swing, swinging for the fences and trying to get, get that Super Bowl one year or whatever. Do I think we're talented enough to do it? Absolutely, yes. You've heard me say that all year. I've been the buy low guy when they were struggling. Um, but the fact of the matter is, you're four and three. If you're seven and zero, oh and you have a way to make yourself even better, and get, maybe you do that. I, I think you have to still look at long term success and short term success, and long term. If you're trying to give these guys the bag, you just gave it to Burrow. You got Jamar Chase coming up, T. Higgins, DJ Reader, Cheeto seems to be the odd man out right now, right? Mm-hmm. If some of these guys are going to continue to get bags, then you need those draft picks to fill out the rest of this team. Mm-hmm. So if you're giving up some, you know, a fifth round or fourth rounder or sixth rounder or whatever, those are draft picks that quite possibly could help fill out this team. And I think what we did letting Von Bell go and letting P Ryan go gave us an extra fifth and a seventh rounder coming up this coming year. That's depth. You know what I mean? Getting more and more draft picks. I don't see, I don't, I don't think you're going to see us doing a lot of splashing moves and, and, and using our draft capital because if we're going to be paying the core of this team, $150 million, the rest of these guys are going to have to come on the cheap. Yeah. So I'm a hundred percent good with standing pat. Let's play it out. Let me talk about Hayden Hurst and uh P Ryan for a second. I'm oh actually no, I'm not gonna spend no energy on E Ryan because I just think that I while I understand why people want to make that move happen, I just think that it's one of those classic things that you never know what you got until it's gone kind of ordeal. Mm-hmm. Whereas P 
Piran was never somebody that I looked at with a complete value that was super valuable. Yeah, we talk about his pass blocking skills all the time, but more or less, he's a guy that I've always looked at. There's a reason why Denver's not playing him, and it's because he is got. He's a guy with inflated value, is what I call it. It's a person that when he was on a great team, he looked like he was great, but that's because Joe Burrow and the rest of his team made him look like he was better than what he was. Until he got into a team, a situation where the team is not as good, and you realize that he don't really produce as much as you would hope that he would produce. So I'm perfectly fine that the Bengals did not go that route. Hayden Hurst, though, the contract I think it was what scared a lot of people as to why they didn't pull off that trade. I saw on Twitter, man, that there was probably some buzz that his mom, I think, said he would love to come back to Cincinnati because he's not happy down in Carolina. I would have thought that that would have been something I would have been on board with. Um, if the Bengals were to make a move to bring him back home to Cincy, barring that maybe Carolina take over that contract, like pay a good chunk of that contract, and then we'll trade him and give him a seventh or sixth round pick. But I agree with you ultimately overall. It's like we need strong, valuable production. Hayden Hurst, he brings energy. He brings fire to the team. But I think that that's already been a thing with this group that we really don't have to pay for somebody yeah. else to bring we need production that's that's the thing we just need absolute production and who knows man maybe this tanner hudson kid may actually be the best thing that happened to this tight end room because we already saw it what he can do early on he's earned it and he might be a great he might be a george kittle like story george kittle was a guy i think 149th 46 pick overall once upon a time ago and look what he's doing now yeah, uh, and the, and the thing is, is with Tanner Hudson is, you remember he played for the Bucks. You know, he was with the Bucks behind Gronk and or or OJ Howard and Cameron, Cameron Bray. 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 You know, he wasn't ever going to get a chance to see the field, even if they had a diamond in the rough. You know, you got those three yeah. tight ends. You ain't going to see the field. I'm sorry, but it ain't going to happen. I think Tanner Hudson is going to be is going to be our answer. I just, I just think that. You know what Tanner Hudson doesn't come with? $10 million cap hit next year. That's exactly. Hayden Hurst. Yeah. So, Thanks. I'll take him. Yeah. All right. Let's get into this preview. It's what we all want to talk about. The Buffalo Bills coming to Cincinnati. Sunday night football finally back in the natty. Uh, you, uh, you, you uh, Justin, there had a great conversation about that. Uh, our, with our boy Cut to the Chase, Chase Younce. Chase comes out with some stats, man. Absolutely floors me. I was sincerely jealous listening to it because you guys, A, the audio itself sounds great. Normally my audio is pretty on point. Today I'm on remote. I, I just got a computer. Like I ain't got no background. I ain't got nothing. Just, I'm struggling here. And then on top of it, like your guys' voices – you sound like professional analysts. My voice sounds like someone taught a pig to talk. So very jealous, man. Very jealous of that. But you guys did a great <laughs> job in that. Great job. So if you haven't caught uh, cut to the chase, it's right here on Running Through the Jungle Network. You got to check it out. My boy's doing some good stuff over there. But it, it, long time since they've been here. Was it 98? Something like that? So – and first and foremost, I appreciate the compliment. I thought it was a great show. We had a great time with it. And and when I listened to the playback, and I was very impressed with the audio myself, so I have to give 
myself and him a little bit of a pat on the back too. So, um, but <laughs> in terms of the Sunday night football stat line, the Bengals haven't had a home Sunday night football game since 2012. And that's, and that was a, a Sunday night game against Pittsburgh. We had the orange jerseys, white pants. I remember I was in attendance to that game. We didn't pull out the win, even though we started out hot. And it just felt like that we were going to see more of this here in Cincinnati. You know, we had the five-year stretch where we went to the playoffs every year in a row. But it turns out that we were never going to see a home Sunday night football game again until this upcoming Sunday. That's a shame. Mm -hmm. And to add salt to the wound even more, prior to last year's Sunday night playoff game against the Ravens, the fumble in the jungle, everybody remembers that, we haven't won on Sunday night football since 2004. And that was during the time where it was on ABC against the Dolphins. And that was at home. But that ever since then, ever since it went over to NBC, the Bengals have been a nightmarish effort on Sunday night football through the Palmer Dalton years. It was just absolutely just pathetic. And we're finally seeing Joe Burrow on Sunday night football. You know, and this is crazy because it's like, well, shouldn't have this already happened? Unfortunately, I, I don't believe it did. In 2020, his rookie year, we weren't on Sunday night football. Now, Monday night football has been a thing in Cincinnati, but it hasn't been Sunday night here in Cincinnati for a long time. And Joe Burrow, he didn't have a rookie his rookie year. We weren't on Sunday night football. His Super Bowl winning year, um, we weren't on Sunday night football, I don't believe. Um or on a, at home or on the road. In 2022, we were, and that was against Baltimore, but that was in Baltimore. And all the other games were away games. Like we had we would have had a scheduled primetime road game in Pittsburgh on Sunday night, but they flexed that out and then just put it to a four o'clock game. So our Sunday night football game that we played at in the playoffs, that ended up finally being one that we deserved. So this is the year that the, the network is probably like, okay, we got to get Cincinnati, you know, all this stuff. So some some credit. So yeah, that's that's the crazy stat the, um, that we boiled over there because it's it's crazy that for as great as this team has been, we haven't had any real capturable spotlight moments on Sunday Night Football because the network really couldn't protect our games or they wouldn't want to come here. So I don't know what the reason for that was. And we got Chris Collinsworth that's calling games and stuff and. We don't know what this situation is, but that was a problem. That was always an yeah. issue. Yeah, I listen, for those of you listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, wherever you get your podcasts, thank you very much. Subscribe, download, uh, rate, review, um, re-rate, re-review, un- unfollow, refollow, like do whatever you got to do. Help us out. Uh, phone a friend. Send it to a friend. Get as much as you can. Those of you that watch this on YouTube, you really appreciate this point. You can tell who's got the young mind that's still a trap door. All his stats come from his head. You see me and Tim doing stats. We're doing one of these, looking over here at our notes, making sure <laughs> we say it right, don't get it wrong. Justin Lacey just going through a Rolodex of games over the past five years. That's wild. Uh, I'll be over here referencing my – I even referenced my prediction that I that I, I came up with. I got to make sure I got it right. That, that's nuts. But I want to get into keys to victory. Tim, I'm going to let you say it first. 
Run the damn ball. What are your keys to victory on offense and defense? <laughs> well, my my first one is is it's always running the damn ball. It's running the football. Um, my other one is, of course, protecting Joe Burrow. Um, last week, our stats, you know, were actually pretty damn good last week uh, for our offensive line. Um, for the pass blocking, um, believe it or not, Cordell Volson was our best blocker in pass blocking. He was a uh, 70 rating. It was actually really, really good. Yeah, actually really good to see him, you know, in the pass game, in pass blocking, step up and, you know, be the best. Um, worst in pass blocking was actually Alex Kappa with a 57.14%. Yeah, or, excuse me, rating. Armstead beat, beat him a couple times, right? I, I saw yeah. I was going to say that too. Because the minute that he got that first one of those two seconds, I was like, the first thing I was like, was that Volson? And then that yeah. he played the replay. Oh, yeah, yeah it no. was Kappa. So that plays into no. it. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, for our run game, our run blocking, best uh, run blocker was Alex Kappa, of course. Um, and worst was Orlando Brown with a 61.11. Um, Alex Kappa, his, his was an 88.89 rating, which is great for run blocking. Um, the, the best run blockers for um, last Sunday against the Niners was Ted Karras, and Alex Kappa was 74.19. And the worst was Orlando Brown at a 67.74. That being said, there was four pressures, um, five quarterback hits, three sacks, and 11 uh, and 11 tackles. Um, our offensive line actually played, you know, really damn good against the 49ers with what we knew what was coming at us. Um, so that being said, you know, I want us to protect Joe Burrow. Continue to protect Joe Burrow. Continue to have those holes open for Joe Mixon. To run the ball, or even if Burrow decides to call a quarterback draw and he can draw it down the field for 20 yards, you know, protection, protection, protection. Um, then on the other side of the uh, other side of the field, um, wrapping up the tackles, make sure we're wrapping up these guys because I was watching a lot of the highlights, um, with the Bills games, there was a lot of missed tackles against the Bills. That's what extended those plays, got them extra yards. Um, also, we need a quarterback spy on Josh Allen. You know, uh, Purdy roasted us for what fifty yards last fifty some yards last week. Mm. Josh Allen, there's a possibility he's going to run the football. Josh Allen is Josh Allen. I don't care what anybody. Josh Allen. There's sometimes where Josh Allen has been on point, throwing for you know three hundred yards, three touchdowns. Then there's the Josh Allen that. Throws for 300 yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions, but runs for 50, 60 yards and a touchdown. Or he's just not on point. Go ahead, Brian. Could be an interesting um, scenario there with three safeties in the game. Yeah. Could yeah. be an interesting scenario. Is this the week we finally see DJ Ivy come out and just play spy? We can only hope, you know, and, but I was not. And another point to my key to victory is, is the tight ends. We're, we're like 31st in, in, uh, in guarding tight ends. We we're letting way too many tight ends just roast us down the middle of the field. Kincaid is going to be a, he's going to be a worry for us if we're not, you know, putting uh, Dax Hill on him or, you know, DJ Ivy or somebody on him you know, for the tight ends. Tight ends has been our weak point. Yeah. The run game's been, the, you know, the run game's been our weak point too. You know, is Cook is Cook going to go out there and Cook? You know, he's, 
I forget what the stat was. I think last week he was like at 4.9 yards a carry or whatever the hell it was last week. Um, you know, he could get, get going too. Um, but that's what my biggest thing is, is, and of course with our cornerbacks, our cornerbacks are, I think we have a really, I think we have, a, you know, like Brandon and I've said, and Justin has said before, I believe we have an upgrade in our secondary. I, I believe we upgraded from last year. Can we keep Diggs and, uh, Davis and, uh, Who's that? Number number ten, number ten for the Bills. Uh, new kid. I can't remember what his name is. But if we can keep them at bay, I believe new, we can pull off a victory. New guy. We'll just call him new guy. New, yeah, I, I know he's number ten, but I can't remember what his name is. All right, Justin. Do you also have seventeen keys to victory? Because um, <laughs> I, I I wrapped it up here with just I, I I took a couple notes here when Tim was going through his keys to victory. And what I really took away from it was protection and wrap it up. That's uh, those are two things he really wants to make sure we do yeah. protection and wrap it up. Got it. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry, but that was, that was a great way to explain yeah. what Tim just stated. Like, come on. Yep. Protection and wrap it up. Protection and wrap it up. Wrap up tackles and protect Joe Burrow. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. All right. So here's my keys to victory. First and foremost, let me just define the Buffalo Bills so far that I've seen this year. Okay. I know what they've been in the past. They've been one of the perennial contenders in the AFC. Um, You know, Josh Allen has been performing like one of the best top five and unquestioned Top three quarterback, to my opinion. Um, I got him at number three behind Burrow and Mahomes, of course. Um, We already know what they are as a team and as a unit. However, this is what I've seen from them so far this year, that they're a very Jekyll and Hyde group. Sort of similar like the Dallas Cowboys, but I think that the Cowboys bring a little more consistency to the table. But the Buffalo Bills, I feel like that this is a team that in any given moment, I feel like that dam is going to break to where they're going to hit even more adversity to where they are in danger of losing the AFC East division to the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins, to me, are the best team in that division this season. And I know people are going to be like, well, the Bills got Josh Allen and they got Stephon Diggs. Yeah, but the boys down in Miami are very consistent on offense. They run a great scheme with Tua and it's um, Tyreek Hill and a bunch of other guys. Yeah, you might have a little question on their defense, but they're also getting Jalen Ramsey back. So I think that the Dolphins are going to be the prime favorites to come out of that division this season, whereas the Bills will be a close second. They're still going to be a playoff team. They're still going to be a really good team. They're still I don't take nothing away from them as an overall unit, but they're just a team to me that I just feel like that they really just haven't felt that pain of adversity yet. Similar to what I said about the 49ers before playing us, that they think that, oh, yeah, this is going to be a get-right game for them. The difference is the Bills won last week against Tampa Bay, but they didn't look like themselves. When they played against the Giants on Sunday Night Football, they didn't look like themselves. And both of those games were at home. They both could have just ran. They could have both raised both of those squads. They're clearly better than them. Head and shoulders better than both teams. And it just felt like that this is wasn't the same Bills team that I've been watching for the last few years. 
And don't get me started on that loss that they took to New England, a one and six, a one and five New England team, and they took an L to them. Come on now. Like it's just it just feels like Buffalo is really, really feeling some sort of I'm 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 feeling this weird energy around this Bills team. And I understand if you talk to Bills Mafia, they'll just kind of shrug it off like, well, it's this and then this. But here's my key to victory. And it starts with number nine and it ends with number nine. I'm not going to go into the, the this the um the specifics overall in the team. It's just Buffalo, man, the Bengals are not a great matchup for the Bills. We're not. I mean, they're we we are not a great matchup for them. They do not want to see these hands. <laughs> I'm just gonna call it like it is. You know, when we we talked about last year's Monday night game. And that should have been a game that we was going to showcase and, you know, be like, hey, this was going to be our time. This was going to be our game. And then, unfortunately, the DeMar Hamlin situation just sort of kind of ruined that. I don't want to say that in a bad way because I'm happy that he's better and stuff like that. But we've all moved on from it and we can kind of talk football. But that was a moment to where Cincinnati was going to dominate that night. And it saved the Buffalo Bills from coming back to Paycor that DeMar Hamlin situation in the playoffs. So we don't forget about that as a Bengals fan that realistically, yeah, we know that we beat y'all in the playoffs and kind of dominated y'all in the postseason, but this that postseason game should have been played in Cincinnati. And we're still carrying that over this year. So while Bills Mafia are going to tell themselves that they're going to extract revenge from what happened in the playoffs, Bengals fans ain't going to forget that we were robbed of that game being played here at home. So now you got to come see us at home again. And you're right, Brandon. I do not want to start another rivalry with another team. I think that the Bills are going to be a team that they're going to they, – they can still beat you at any given moment. Like they're too talented. They have a talented quarterback, talented defense, talented, great. Um, and I like that they have a running game with James Cook now. But I just feel like that the equalizer to all of that is Joe Burrow. And our great defense, too. But Joe Burrow, yeah, he is the guy that when he's on fire, I don't care if Josh Allen's on fire. He can't beat Joe Burrow. Just like when Patrick Mahomes was on fire, he can't beat Joe Burrow when he's on fire in the same game. I've already seen this. So, to me, that's my number one key to victory and my only key to victory. So, we had 17 keys with Tim, one with Justin. I got two. So I'm in the middle. Uh, I do agree with you. So like the, I do agree, Tim covering the tight end has been an issue. We didn't see Dax Hill cover George Kittle at all. I was confused by it. Um, But overall, I think our defensive backs versus their defensive backs, we take the win there. Where, I think defensively and offensively, it's going to be the swing is we're 29th in rush defense at yards per attempt at five yards an attempt we give up. They're 30th at Mm 5.1. So to me, whichever team can stop that run and whichever team can run the ball will – that will be the key to the victory to me. 
Now, when I say run the ball for the Bengals, I don't mean take the air out of the ball, run it 30 times. That's not the offense that we have. Run it effectively enough that now that we have a, a quarterback that looks a lot healthier, is now under center over 25% of the snaps uh, against the 49ers. Now when you're under center, you're running the ball, that play-action pass gets just a little bit bite up, right? You don't have to go, come too far up. You don't two steps, and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are by you. So that's what I think the key to the victory is: be effective in the run game, and and prevent their running. And that includes Josh Allen running the ball too. You got to keep him under 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 control, surveillance, if you want to call it that. But keep those rushes under, and I, I think. We take care of business. I do also so, want to point out, too, for Tim, um, I had to look it up myself, too, because I couldn't remember who number 10 was for Buffalo that been developing pretty good as a weapon. It's Khalil Shakir. He's the guy that has been catching a lot of those passes. And also, too, Dante Hardy, number 11, he's been pretty good, too. Mm-hmm. But Khalil Shakir is another guy that's a Swiss Army knife for them in that matchup. So, you though I get what you're saying. You got to be you got to be careful with a lot of those um, those. X factor like players that's outside of what we already know with Dalton Kincaid, Gabe Davis, and of course Stefan Diggs and James Cooks, the running back. So and obviously Josh Allen. Because to me, a there's, guy like, there's a lot of this though, right? When right. you're starting to talk about if you're looking for a third, fourth wide receiver on your fantasy team, who do you draft? Uh whoever Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Joe Burrow are throwing the ball to, that's who I'm drafting. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. So all right. For those of you uh, watching on YouTube, we're going to take a three-second pause. For those of you listening on podcast, we will be right back after we pay some bills. All right, welcome back to Run It Through the Jungle. You're listening to Brandon, Harriet, Justin Lacey, and Tim Lyons on Fans First Sports Network. Covered everything Cincinnati Bengals every week. We record on Wednesday night. You will get the podcast up Thursday morning. Normally, we will get the uh, the video version up on YouTube if you're up there on YouTube um, up on Wednesday night as well, as long as the internet plays nice with us. So we did our keys to victory. We did some of that. We talked about a couple other things here and there. But now I want to talk about our predictions and our game balls for this Buffalo Bills game. This is going to be a bar burner. Sunday night football in Cincinnati. Justin, what's your game prediction and your offensive and defensive game balls? See if you get them right. Okay. So, for those that's watching on YouTube, I just got done putting some chapstick on my lips because I'm licking my chops for this game. This is a game that I've been wanting to see since the start of the year. And I felt like that this was the this would going to be the accelerating point of the year, not turning point, accelerating point where the Bengals really start catching their stride. They did it last week in San Francisco, but at home, that's when we know that that's really the thing. I do predict the Bengals to win this game. However, I do understand the Bills can win this game, too, because they are a great team. Okay, no matter what I just said about them not being the favorites to win a division this year. It's more or less the Dolphins, but I do predict the Bengals to win this year. 
Um, I don't see a game to where the Bengals just full-blown dominate this team and then shut down the Bills and they limit them to 10 points. I do think the Bengals do dominate, but I think the Bills are going to be responding with a couple of the with a couple of points and a few touchdowns of their own too. Like, it will be a track meet. But ultimately, you might see a historic performance out of this offense for the Bengals just because I do not feel like that they have enough firepower on the defensive side of the ball to slow us down. So that lets, that leads me to think my game ball prediction – you can spread the ball around literally, and I think Joe Burrow is going to do that. But I'm actually going to go with T. Higgins as my game ball prediction. He may kept because that's that's another thing too. He was also drugged through the mud a tad bit by haters on the outside world when the Demar Hamlin situation went down because people blamed him for that when he didn't do anything wrong other than just yes, play sir. football. So I'm going with him as my game ball recipient for the offensive side of the ball. On the defensive side of the ball, you guys might be shocked when I say this. I like Dalton Kincaid, man, and I think that he can run laps around our defense if we don't cover him correctly, and I think he's emerged. But, man, I think Dax Hill is up for the challenge, and he's going to be my game ball recipient for the as prediction for the defensive side. I think that he makes an incredible play to force a turnover. Um, I also think that he gets in there and then – does like a QB spy and sack Josh Young because he's just that uber athletic. And I think this is the perfect game to showcase that and under the bright lights to feel like that, all right, the guy that we drafted in the first round of 2022 has arrived. But that's that's where I'm going with. What's your score prediction? I, I missed it. Oh, I, said, sure. I don't even think I, I don't even think I got, gave it. <laughs> I'm really leery about score predictions, but I'm not going to use that as a cop out of why I can't get one. So I'm going to go Bengals 41, Bills 27. I think we get 40 on the for the first time this year. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. All right, Tim. Your prediction and your offensive and defensive game ball predictions. What you got? Um, my offensive prediction this week is going to be Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is going to have over 100 yards, three touchdowns. That's all I'm going to say. Defensive-wise, the right tackle for the Buffalo Bills, I believe he allowed three or four sacks over the last uh, one or two games. I think it was last – I think it was not – no, it wasn't last game of the week. Is it, those, uh, week is it Osiris – is his name Osiris Torrance, the rookie out of Florida? Yeah. If I'm not yeah. mistaken. Okay. Yeah, he allowed – like he, he, he he's allowed like three or four sacks. Uh, since he's been playing. Um, so that being said, my defense, my defensive game ball goes to Sam Hubbard, the Cincinnati kid. And then my score prediction is going to be Bengals 28, Bills 24. All right. I like it. I like it. And I like it. And what I like about it the most we don't get to say this very often. None of us pick the same guys. All right. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Well, now we get to make it real interesting after the game ends. Yeah. If we win, of yeah. course. So my, uh, my offensive game ball, in an upset, uh, I think I think Jamar is going to have more yards. But I think he's only going to get one touchdown. I think you're going to see – Joe Mixon bust 100 yards for the first time this year. I'm calling Joe Mixon 
115 and two touchdowns. I know he's questionable right now. Chest. Listen, Zach Taylor said nobody's in jeopardy for the game. We're just resting some folks. I'm going to take him for his word. I think I've liked the way Joe's been running the ball. You're going against a, a rush defense here with Buffalo that has not been very good. And I, I think that he's going to bust a couple of pretty, pretty nice 20-plus runs. Um, so I'm going 115, two tutties. Now, defense, I, I, we do need to spy. I agree with you. I don't know what we're going to do as far as covering the tight ends. Um, but what I do know is that we do this bend-don't-break defense, and I think this has to show itself for, for this game. You're not going to hold Josh Allen to 180 yards passing. This is not going to happen. They're going to get some of theirs. So what we need is we need, A, that spy that we've talked about, and, B, we need somebody that can turn the ball over. So I'm going with Jermaine Pratt. I'm going to take him nine tackles. I think he gets a tackle for loss, um, chasing down uh, Josh Allen. I think he gets at least a pass breakup, if not interception. And I also think he forces a fumble because our boy, Josh Allen, likes to fumble the ball. So I think Pratt knocks the ball out of his hands because he's carrying it like a loaf of bread. So I'm going to give Pat uh, Pratt my game ball for defense. And I'm going 31-27. Bengals take it at home. Um, I'm going to say it's 31-21, and uh, they get a late touchdown, go for two, and don't get it. Okay. I like that. I'm very scared of my prediction because I'm predicting the Bengals to throw a 40-burger this for the first time this year, and, you know, that doesn't happen quite often, but like, you I'm not going to go back. Sometimes, man. You got to get out of that limb sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm not going to shy away from it, man. I think that this team just understands what the task is at hand. And quite frankly, they're built for this. And, you know, they, they don't fear nobody. And the B Buffalo Bills, while I respect them, they're a great, talented team. Um, they're really well coached, for, um, really well coached team in general. I just feel like that the Bengals are just better. You know, they, they are. I agree, and I, I feel like we're hitting our stride right now, too. Um, I, I, I'm going to give a little glimpse here. Tim and I were talking about this uh, backstage before we came on. If you're not listening to Pater on uh, the Running Through the Jungle channel, I, I highly suggest you do. It's my boy, uh, Pay Saunders, uh, from over at the Bear Claw, Chicago Bears, and he does the Homies podcast with us on Fridays. Um him and I do a, a gambling show. It's all college, pro football focused. And and we jump around like every once in a while. It'll be prop bets. And there'll be this, that, and the other. And I'm going to start digging around and stuff. And uh, one of the, the things that I found, because um, I like the Bengals, but I didn't like it. There's two bets that I really found that very interesting to me. One was the over-under on the Steelers Thursday night game. For touchdowns by Kenny Pickett, who at this point, I'm not even sure if he's going to start or not, um, was one and a half touchdowns. So I want you to use this stat anytime uh, someone says, you know, hey, Steelers are going to win a division or Steelers are better than us, better in division. Da, da, da. Kenny Pickett has played 21 football games in the NFL. 
The over-unders at one and a half. Do you know how many times he'd have been over that with two touchdowns or more in 21 Zero. games? One. Oh, okay, you said 21 games. So I thought you were talking about this year. Like, I don't think he's talking for two touchdown pans. What's he did? Year? He did one time, yeah, and it was one. this year. So he's he's what game was it? Uh, I'd have to go back and look. I don't remember. Baltimore, but, he only threw the one. I don't even think he's, did he throw one? I don't know. But I gotta look back and I gotta go look back, back and see what yeah. But I went through and looked at it. He's got in 21 games. That bet hits 20 times. So, on principle alone, I'm betting that bet. The other thing I said, I mean, everybody knows the Iowa under. I, I put the Steelers under in there, too. They're covering pretty much every week. Um, partially because of good defense, partially because of bad offense. It was good. The other one I liked is the Bengals started the year um, with their over-under and total wins at 10.5. I bet the over at the beginning of the year. Now it's readjusted itself to nine and a half. I bet the over again today. That means that they're saying we're not going to go better than five and five with our remaining 10 games. That includes the Houston Texans. That includes the Indianapolis Colts. That includes the Minnesota Vikings. Um, both games against the Steelers. Two games against the Steelers. Uh, there's another dog on there, too. I can't remember who it is. It does include the Chiefs. It does include the uh, Jaguars. And it does include the Ravens, as well as this Bills game. So there are some tough games in there. But I don't think out of those four tough games, we're we're not worse than a coin toss against any of them. Mm-hmm. I'm, I said seven and three, maybe even eight and two. That's what I expect. I like that. I like that bet. That's that's would be one of my favorite bets to make too. And yes, I still see the Bengals winning over ten games at least. Yeah, I think it's easy money. All right, guys, you got anything to say on your way out? No, I'm good. Oh well, Tim, that's it. Shoot. You got nothing. All right. All right, what you got, Justin? I thought you were going to have something for me, Tim. That's why I hold it off for a second before I go off with my firework a little bit. <laughs> no, I'm good, bro. So, go ahead. Okay. I made this comment to end the show on a Cut to the Chase podcast. So if you were a loyal listener of a run through the jungle network, you would have heard that statement. I'm going to make this that exact same statement again today. Otherwise, only with the exception, I won't go as crazy with it. But I will reemphasize this. If you are going to the game, please abide by the striped out section rules. I would love to watch this game on my TV and look at the color-coded striped out sections on my TV on high-def TV and be thinking like, man, my city showed up and showed out on this primetime game. I need to see it. Please do not be that jackass. And I'm going to say it again. Please don't be that jackass that's just going to show up at a, like it's an all-white party and you got a little bit of speck of orange and black. You look stupid, okay? Just please stick to the color-coding format if you're going to get this already, this already bad enough that we're going to get Bill's Mafia coming in our stadium anyway. But let them be like snowflakes on top of the striped-out section. But just abide by the color-coding principle. You showed out for the whiteout game last year. Let's do it again this year, this time with the orange and black stripes. I, I need to see that happen. I need to take pictures. I need to be able to just 
comment that on that. It's, I just need this to feel good for the city of Cincinnati because this is a big time moment. We need to end this debacle and this streak on Sunday night football of losing games on that network. Again, I'm not even counting the playoffs that we played the Ravens. But um, for the regular season, we haven't won the game on Sunday Night Football since 04. And I, I need to see us win that game and end that streak. So that way, that network can start coming back to our house because they want to come to our house. So those are my closing remarks. If you're going to the game, I'm going to be jealous because I'm not there. I don't got no tickets. Just please show out and show up for the sections that you are color-codedly responsible for. I agree a thousand percent. Do it. Uh, make sure you're in the right colors and the right sections. That's going to look awesome. I can't wait to see it. The last thing I'm going to say, I've been harping on it for about four or five, five weeks now, I think it is. I said, buy low. I bought low. I bought every week. I kept buying more stock in the Cincinnati Bengals. And after they win on Sunday night, I'm not going to sell high. I'm keeping my stock. Who day? Join us next week as we are running through the jungle. Peace.